0: Welcome to Outbless Weekly, the four-day-a-week Bible study led by Michael Metcalf. Join us live or listen to Outbless Weekly podcast later at Outbless.com. Listen as Michael teaches the Bible verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter in an easy-to-understand format, as he is led by the Holy Spirit and brings the Word to life. Listeners learn how God outblessed us all by sending Jesus Christ to die on a cross to pay for our sins and how God raised him from the dead three days later. Jesus is the risen Lord and Savior and is actively working in every believer's life to outbless them today. Come and listen to the heart of a servant and be outblessed again.
1: Father God, we come before your mighty throne once again, Lord, to read your word, to hear your word, and what the Spirit would say to us, Holy Spirit, as you lead us in this study, I pray, Father, that it is your Holy Spirit that would be the teacher and not me. So I just empty myself right now. I ask, Father, that you fill me all the way to the top and overflowing with your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would give each of us, including me, eyes to see and ears to hear what you would say today. And I pray, God, that it would be a blessing. It would be a word of encouragement. And Lord, when we're done with our study today and we leave this room, or those of us that join remotely, leave this call. They would be uplifted, they would be encouraged, and they would be assured that you love them and that you care about them. So Father, we give you this time and we ask, Lord, again, that you would be the teacher now. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, my friends, Psalm 124 is a song of ascents of David. And in verse one, we read, if the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say. And so first of all, I want to talk about a song of ascents. I know I've been teaching you all about that over the last couple of studies, but these songs were meant to be sung on the way up to Jerusalem. The word Jerusalem, of course, means in awe of peace or teaching peace. And so man learns about peace by visiting Jerusalem. And what happens when you go there or what happens when you read about it? We learn that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son to pay for the sins of mankind. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sin. Jesus rose again three days later, proving that he was God's son and the savior of the whole world. And so God promises to save mankind from their sin by faith in the name of Jesus, the Lord and Savior. And so it's by faith that you're saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so that's really what it is about Jerusalem. That's really what it is that you should be thinking about when, whenever you realize about a song of ascent. It means you're on your way to Jerusalem where this story unfolded and so that's always the foundation for the house that gets built for the rest of the study. Well, this particular song of ascents, it says was of David. David, by the way, means beloved. And so in other words, the title of the message is jam-packed with a very important message for me and for you, for all of us listening today. Here it is, that you're beloved by God, so he sent Jesus Christ to die in a cross, to pay for your sin and redeem you to himself. And Jesus suffered for your sin so you don't have to. That's the point of that title. Wow. Now we come to verse one. And so there's this musing that if the Lord had not been on our side, that's a radical statement. Because if the Lord was not on our side, then he would not have sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross to save us. So if you ever are in that place where you're wondering, is God for you? Does God really love me? Does God really love you? If you've ever thought those thoughts in your mind, listen, there's something that God did for you. There's something that God did for me that should remove any doubt. He sent his one and only son to die on a cross to pay for your sin. If he didn't love you and if he didn't love me, why would he do that? Obviously, he wouldn't. And so now he says, if the Lord had not been on our side, then that means also we, they wouldn't be forgiven. If God wasn't for them and didn't send Jesus, then they wouldn't be forgiven, neither would we. They would have remained in bondage in Egypt. They would have not been able to cross the Red Sea. They would not be able to survive the 40 years that they had to travel along in the desert. About 3 million people by estimates from some Trying to support three million people with food and water in the middle of a desert is no easy task. And they would not make it to the promised land. And so those are the things that are implied when you ask this question. If the Lord had not been on our side, then none of these things would have happened. And now the psalmist wants to make it even more dramatic. So listen to what verse two and verse three says. If the Lord had not been on our side, when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive. You see, we read back in, um, I think it was chapter 27, about the seven nations that were living in the promised land before the Jews got there. And so these nations, they had been there a long time, they were established, they had armies, they had resources. And the Bible says they were stronger than Israel. And so the psalmist says that these people that came against them, they would have swallowed us alive. That means ate them up and swallowed. It's it's a picture of there's no chance of them winning against them because Israel was this little bitty group of people now trying to come together and they didn't have an army and they didn't have weapons and they didn't have the ranks figured out and all this kind of stuff that a nation would. And so too, sometimes we must depend on God to do something miraculous. And so too, we might say, if God had not been on our side, then we would be toast. There's no way we're gonna get through that current scenario, whatever it is. Those armies, they're too big. They've been there too long. They're too established. They have too many uh, weapons. They've got, I don't know, shields and spears and, and chariots or whatever they had at the day. And we got nothing. That's the idea. It's like you're, the odds are stacked against you and they're overwhelming. And, and you look at that situation in the natural and you go, there's no way I can handle this. There's no way I'm getting through this. But here's the good news, my friends. God is for you. And so you don't have to go, well, if God wasn't for me, then all these negative things would happen because God is for you. And that's the point of looking at this. Because if God was not for his people, then all these radical things that happened to the Jewish nation would not have happened. That's the point of the message today. And so the psalmist wants to make sure that you and I get this clearly today. Look at verse four. He said, when their anger flared against us, the flood would have engulfed us. What does that mean? When their their anger flared against us, that's a specific time at a specific moment In the process, that's what the word when means. It was a specific time and it was a critical time. And here's when it was, when their anger flared. That means that, you know, you got so angry that it flared. It's like fire. It's ready to burn them up and destroy them. It's at that moment when someone loses their temper. And so there's this moment or there are these moments in your life like this When you have a flare that's come up against you and it's a fiery dart or it's a fiery situation and it can cause real harm and you really need God's help, that's the idea. And he said the flood would have engulfed us. So now we go from fire to water. Those are the opposite. Fire and water are the opposite. And so it's the full gamut. A flood rises quickly and can wash you away or go over your head. And the idea is that there's quickly rising trouble, and that you recognize and realize that you're way over your head. And so you're going to arrive at this moment where you say, I am not able to survive this without God's help. And so, just like the psalmist, you're going to have to ask yourself a question today Is God for you? Does God love you? Are the promises of God's word true or not true? If God says he loves you and he's going to protect you and he's going to bless you, do you believe it or don't you believe it? Because you're going to have to answer that question not just once in your life. I wish it were a one and done scenario. I wish it were that easy, but it's not. You're going to get tempted just like me and just like the psalmist. And you're going to be tempted by your circumstances or what you can see or what you hear or what you think or what you read or what you watch or whatever the circumstances are that are unfolding before you. And so over and over and over again in the natural mind, you're going to have to ask yourself the same question. Is God for me? And my prayer for all of you today is that you will arrive at the same decision that the psalmist did. And that decision is that God is for you. Because if he is not for you, then all these other blessings that have happened in your life would have never have happened. And all the stories that we read about today, thousands of years later, about how God intervened on behalf of Israel, none of those things would have happened if God was not for his people. And so I hope by rereading the historical books and the records of how God interacted with his people that you can see his faithfulness generation after generation after generation, and that should build your confidence and trust in God today. Because he went, he went through all kinds of different things with them. Well, the torrent would have swept us away, verse five. The raging waters would have swept us away. A torrent is violent. It comes rushing in. And so once again, without God's help, serious trouble was gonna come rushing in. He called it the raging waters. Raging waters are out of control and they're loud, they're making noise. And so the world often seems like this to me. They're like big waves, they're raging waters, big waves coming one after the next, and they're coming crashing down and they make noise. And so they're kind of threatening. And the psalmist says, We would have been swept away by that. Would have means for certain. It would have been done, it would have been over. They would have been carried away and drowned and dead and gone. And so you can come to that same conclusion that the world would whisk you away if you didn't have God's help in your life today. But then notice what it says in verse six. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. Praise be to the Lord. It's always good to praise the Lord. And why should I, why should you, why should we praise God today? Here's another reason that you're learning today. Because he is our hope and he is our refuge. He is our hope and he is our refuge. And because he's our hope and he's our refuge, that's the safe place. That's the place that you run to for protection against your enemies. And he's a solid rock on which we can stand on that. And so you're not on shaky ground. You're not on sandy ground that's gonna get wiped away under your feet. You can stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. He's your refuge. You can run to him. He's gonna protect you. That's your hope. That's my hope. And because of that, you can praise the Lord. Now listen, it says, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. And notice that. He said, who has not let us That means it's God that's protecting his children from harm. It's him. It's something that he's doing. And so the harm would have to come. But God, as this harm is coming, God is standing between you and the harm. And he said he would not let us, he would not allow that harm to get to you. It has to cross God to get to you. And God's standing there in front of you with his mighty right arm and his shield. And he's going, oh, no, you don't. Those are my kids standing behind me and you're gonna have to go through me first. And those of you who are fathers would know in deep in your heart, what would you do if some harm or somebody was trying to harm your kids and you were standing in front of them? Is there anything that you wouldn't do to protect your kids? Oh, no way. If somebody was gonna try to harm either one of my kids, they'd have to kill me first. And don't you think your heavenly father thinks like that? And he's God Almighty. He's not limited by the mere power of man or of some devil spirit. He's Almighty God, all-powerful, all-knowing, the creator of every single thing. He's standing in front of you, protecting you from whatever these harmful things are that are trying to come into your life. That's the picture And then he uses this very interesting sentence. He said that he would not let us be, what? Torn by their teeth. That's a very curious phrase because the Bible talks about the devil who roams about the earth like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That word devour means to use your teeth, to tear something up and swallow it. And so... The devil has a plan and he's trying to attack you and your family, but God is not gonna allow him to get his teeth into you. That's the point. God knows what he's up to and there's no way he's letting that happen. God's more powerful, far more powerful, and he's omniscient and he's omnipresent and the devil is not. And so he can and he will prevent the devil from tearing us up too. Just like the psalmist arrived in, his thinking in verse 6. And so now notice verse 7, and first note that it is number 7. 7 is the number for completion. It says, We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. Wow. We have escaped. It doesn't say we're going to escape, it says, We have escaped. What does that mean? It's already done. It means that God is definitely going to provide a way where there was no way and God's people will escape the plots and plans of evil men. And so we will escape like a bird, we'll fly away. Where do birds fly? They fly upward, they fly up yonder towards heaven. That's where they fly towards. When they fly, they go up. And it says from the fowler's snare, a fowler, by the way, is one who's hunting birds. You see, the devil is roaming about the earth like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's hunting. He's hunting Christians. He wants to tear you up. He wants to tear me up. He wants to wreck your family. He wants to wreck your business. He wants to wreck your finances. He wants to wreck your health, but God's not gonna let him. Even though he's actively pursuing you, because just like a fowler, he'd like to kill you and stuff you and put you on display But God makes a way of escape for us every time. And so the fowler will not capture us or prevent us from flying away. That's the point. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. I want you to take note of that. The snare has been broken. In other words, there was a trap. It was set. It was purposely done by the devil or his minions. It was to snare you. That means to capture you to entrap you, to get you in bondage. But it was broken. It has been broken. That means that God broke it. And so God breaks the snares of the devil that are trying to trap you. And then he says and we have escaped. And so that's the victory. We have escaped. There's certainty in that phrase, have escaped. Certainty. God's saying to you and to me today, you're going to escape, whatever that thing is. I've already made a way for you. I've already broken his snare. You're going to escape. You're going to be set free. That's what that means. You're gonna get airborne, my friends. The devil's not gonna get his way with you, thank God. And so we're gonna close now in this last verse, verse eight. He said, our help is in the name of the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. And my friends, that's probably the most important verse of the whole chapter. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I want you to note that your help is nowhere else to be found except one place. It's not our money, it's not our bank account, it's not our friends, it's not our spouse, it's not our kids, it's not our resources, it's not our intellect, it's not our will. It's not our willpower. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Wow. There's power in the name of Jesus Christ. And so whatever it is, whatever the battle is that's going on in your life today, and whatever the battle is that's going on in my life today, I need to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. And there's power in that prayer. But I also want you to know that the devil is lying to you and trying to lie to me and he's trying to lie to every Christian and here's what he's trying to say. Your prayers don't matter. God doesn't care about you. He's not for you. Look at the mess you're in. Look at these things are coming your way. And so the devil just wants you to quit praying. You know why? Because the devil actually knows that prayer works. And so he wants to trick you and rip you off and rob you from the blessing of what that could do for you in your life. Never let them do that. You need to remember the study yesterday. God is able, God is willing, and God is ready to bless you. And so how do you unlock those blessings in your life? I have two suggestions for you. The first one is to be obedient, to do what God tells you to do. And if you blow it, ask him to forgive you. You have to be in right relationship with God if you want him to hear your prayers. So make sure you're being obedient to the word of God. And if you haven't been, then go apologize to God and tell him you're sorry and ask him to forgive you and he'll do it right now, today. And then you can get on with the business of being blessed. And so that's the second thing then is for you and for me to conclude in our hearts today that our help, our help, the help that you need right now, and I know everyone on this call needs help somewhere, somehow, some way. Some of you may be more than others. Our help is in the name of the Lord. And if you cry out to him in the name of the Lord today, he's going to help you. He does care. He is on your side. When you read all the stories about what God did for the nation of of Israel and all these trials they got him through, it's all on display for you to know and to read and to understand that God is on your side. And who is he? He's the maker of heaven and earth. So consider with me just for a second the vastness and the complexity of the heavens. They were not as meaningful back in the day when this was written as they are now because today we have radical telescopes that have been launched into space and they've looked out millions of light years and they've, they've captured these images and they've transmitted these images back to earth and we can see the enormity and the complexity of the heavens. It's overwhelming. And God, the one we're praying to, made all of that. And the Bible says that he named every single one of those. Wow. And he made the earth. Now, I might just be a simple country boy, but I can tell you I've been places in the earth that I thought were really beautiful. I've climbed mountains. I've hung out under waterfalls. I've swam in the oceans. I've fished in the creeks. I've been laying down in the green grass by the meadows where the still waters are. I've been up to Northern California and seed the Redwood Forest. I've seen some amazing things on this planet. I've been to Hawaii countless times and got to walk through those forests, (coughs) pick guavas off the trees and eat them. The earth is amazing. Amazing. Even in its fallen state, it still has amazing places to visit. And God made all of that too. Last night when I was finishing this study, my little puppy dog was in my room and I just started petting her and she just started wagging her tail and she was looking at me almost like somehow she had some level of understanding in her eyes. And I don't know if she can understand me or not, but I sat there and told her I love her. And she may not comprehend my words because I'm much bigger than she is and she's a dog and I'm a man. But I picked her up and I hugged her and I kissed her and I, and I, and I cuddled her a bit to show her that I love her. And as I looked at her and, I, and she licked my face, I thought, what kind of a God would make such a creature? Why would God love me so much that he gave me this cute little puppy with a waggy tail and a tongue? and these floppy ears, and these big old paws. And I was just overwhelmed for a second. Like, wow, man, God must really love me in order to give me this little puppy. And so God's calling out, just like I did to my puppy last night. He's calling out to you. He's telling you that he loves you. You might not be able to fully understand or comprehend the full extent of what I'm telling you. But you can certainly look at the historical record for a second today and look at how he protected the Jews and he did impossible things for them time and time and time again. And you can look up into heaven or you know, go look on the internet at these pictures from these telescopes that I spoke about a minute ago or you can go back in your memory and think about the beautiful places on the earth that you visited or you can go look at a puppy dog or anything else that you want and see God's love is everywhere all around you. And his power and his might is undeniable. And so, yeah, I want you to ask the same question the psalmist did again Is God for you? The answer, my friends, is overwhelmingly yes, he is. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are for us. Thank you that you do love us. Thank you that you do care about us. Thank you, Lord that you do hear our prayers. Our help comes from the Lord Jesus Christ. We confess it, we believe it, and we thank you, Father God, that we could ask anything in Jesus' name and it would be so if it's according to your will. So Father, I'm asking, I'm asking that you meet every need that's represented on this call. I'm asking you, Father God, to search our hearts, Lord, every one of us, Lord, and meet every single need that we have. Thank you, Father, that you will send the help that we need because you know, because you're able, because you're willing, and because you're ready to receive this prayer. So thank you for hearing it, God, and thank you for the blessings that are now coming upon all of us, Father. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening to Outbless Weekly, the four-day-a-week Bible study by Michael Metcalf. If this study helped you, please join us again four days a week at OutBless.com. You can listen live or listen later at your convenience. And don't forget to go outbless someone else today by sharing what you have learned. May the Lord richly bless you as you continue to study and seek His face.